0: baseball regular season has come to an end and the postseason begins this week you are listening to the gold and blue nation podcast brought to you as always by Prit and spano west virginia's lawyers your wvlawfirm.com ryan decker and angelica trinone here in our morgantown studios as we get ready to embark on a trip to arlington texas for the big 12 championship tournament angelica a little bit different feeling maybe heading into this tournament today than maybe we had just 72 96 hours ago.
1: It now, I mean obviously when you're playing for a championship and all the games are crucial, right? But given the way that the national rankings were, I know we're going to get into that in a minute. West Virginia now not projected as a regional host. I know we're going to get into that in a minute, but those facts make this tournament at least to me one of those must-win scenarios in order to get back to where you were this time last week. I mean, just crazy how in a season full of just program history one game after the next how an 0-3 weekend has really just turned this season on a dime.
0: In a different scenario, it's a very similar feeling to what we had last year going to Arlington. Last year it was you have to win to get into the NCAA tournament. You know West Virginia is getting into the tournament this year, but now it's the feeling that you have to win at least one if not two or three games after today's projections or, or Monday's projections to host. in in the regional round, which is something that, as you were just saying, seven days ago, you didn't think was going to be a question at all.
1: I mean, whenever we left after the Texas Tech series, I remember everyone being like, all right, Wagner Field, we're going to see in a few weeks. I mean, it was no question Mm -hmm. that there was going to be baseball happening here in Morgantown in the postseason. Now, that's a huge question mark, but not out of reach just yet.
0: Yeah, not, not out of reach. So let's talk about those national polls and the projections that were released on Monday. WVU, after an 0-3 week, did drop in the rankings. Baseball America has West Virginia at number 14. D1Baseball.com, which is the poll of record, has the Mountaineers at 21 in the country. And then some of the other polls have West Virginia anywhere from 17 through 20. And of course, those rankings are then reflected on the uh, D1Baseball.com NCAA tournament projections that we also saw on Monday, where West Virginia, no longer a regional host, now a number two seed in the Charlottesville regional. Angelica, you and I were talking about this earlier today. I, I know a lot of Mountaineer fans have been talking about this on Monday. Those two things kind of go hand in hand, but it certainly shows where West Virginia is seen nationally in the very right here and now.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with, well, one, it, it's, just so, it's just so kind of crazy to see how you know what you think that people selecting this are factoring into things because you know up till this point texas has has been a postseason contender but now west virginia is out of hosting a regional In the latest projections that doesn't mean that's the way it's going to be and then next thing you know an austin regional has appeared on there after what after Texas won 3 games against West Virginia. So it, it truly just goes to show you how competitive these things are and how It may not be your, you know, it may not be a situation where we go back and we look at the full body of work making these decisions. It very much has to do with the here and the now. And unfortunately, the here and the now, West Virginia has just come off its best, or its, excuse me, worst performance of the season. And, And, you know, you like to think that you've done enough, but what does the skip always say? He said it after the series with Texas Tech. You never want it to be in the hands of someone else. You wanna make sure you have earned your spot. It should not be up for debate. Unfortunately, not even just losing the three games in Austin Ryan, but just in the manner that Texas drubbed West Virginia. Right. It unfortunately does give those who were deciding a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. So it does, you, you do kind of now you're off that path of where you decide your own fate. Unfortunately, you're back to hey, maybe we got to go come home with this Big 12 Conference Championship if we want to be playing more baseball in Morgantown.
0: Well, and it also goes into a larger discussion of how much do these postseason tournaments, these conference tournaments, mean to the selection committee. We're seeing where the basketball conference tournaments really don't mean that much anymore in the eyes of those selection committee members. We'll see what happens with baseball. And, you know, I I, I do fully agree with what Randy Mazey said on Saturday, where one weekend should not change how you feel about an entire season, entire body of work. But to go back to what you said, I think in the here and now, West Virginia and how they are viewed has changed, and it also how other teams are being viewed. Oklahoma State's playing better. Texas playing better. Other teams around the country are playing really, really well right now, and West Virginia picked a bad weekend to not play very well.
1: Yeah, and I mean, one of those, you hate to just think about recency bias, but I mean, obviously, that's what we have to go on, and it's just, you know, you look at some of these records and some of these things of other teams, and I'm not saying teams are favored one way or another, but... You have some of those traditional teams where it's like, hey, we're going to kind of do everything we can to make sure that these these are regional hosts. Unfortunately, West Virginia baseball is just not one of those programs yet. It's not one of those, you know, even like this, oh, Texas wasn't ranked when West Virginia played, but it's still Texas. It's still a national contender year after year no matter where it sits I think that that has a lot to do with it as well you think of like the history of these programs you see a lot of those names when you look at the regional lists not saying that can never be West Virginia but I'm saying again I think that the recency bias is also something that it's a little easier when you have a team like West Virginia where you can say well we just put you up to number six and then you just went in unfortunately laid an egg in Austin so now you don't get it where again now Texas is there, Oklahoma State stays as, as a regional host. So I think it's not out of reach for the Mountaineers. And I hope, I hope, hope, hope that they play that way in Arlington, not only was something to prove after the way that they lost to Texas, but something to prove is, hey, we have done everything we can except for three games to prove that we're a national contender, and I think that they need to show that on a very big stage, which is the conference tournament.
0: I broke, or I brought this up on the podcast over the weekend with Kevin, but last year, basically at this exact time, Randy Mazy got that poker chip out, put it on his shoulder, and said, "This is the chip we, that we will play with on our shoulders." all season long. He hasn't needed that chip this year. This might be the time to bring out that chip as a reminder, both for the players who were here last year and those who weren't here last year, that just like you were saying, unfortunately this is not texas and oklahoma state and lsu this is not the national power yet we still have to play with that chip on our shoulder in order to accomplish things we want to accomplish and they can start doing that this week at the big 12 tournament which gets underway on wednesday for west virginia they have the very last game of the day on wednesday an 8 30 first pitch against number six seed texas tech west virginia earning the number three seed after that three-way tie at the top of the big 12 standings with texas and oklahoma state the winner of that wvu texas tech matchup will face the winner of the oklahoma state oklahoma game which also happens on wednesday as well Uh, let's just get into our thoughts on that first round matchup wvu texas tech there's some history there in the postseason there's some recent history in this season between those two teams
1: the last team that west virginia played at Mon county ballpark that closed out the home slate but man when you're looking at these times ryan something with the big 12 west virginia teams going in that late night bracket i don't know what they think they say hey those those west virginia people like to stay up late to watch this team well we will while we will we would enjoy a normal yeah. first pitch a normal kickoff a normal tip-off nevertheless the mountaineers they are they they always seem to play well at night because i think that they're quite used to it but I like the matchup with Texas Tech for the simple reason of the way that West Virginia played its game two against the Red Raiders when they played here in Granville. That first game, Friday night, West Virginia came out, lost 5-2. I think it was the first time, at least for me, watching them in person where you could tell they just were not in their usual rhythm. J.J. was struggling getting things going. Pitching was struggling getting things going. West Virginia did go up early in that game, but other than Ellis Garcia, that double, that, that was basically all West Virginia could do. And I think for that was the first time for me this season that I was able to kind of physically watch them And two, I was right there in the dugout. I was on the broadcast where I kind of watched them have that moment to where they almost didn't know what to do because they were not playing to the level they just have so consistently played. Then Coach Mazie, again, told them, it's one game, now you have an opportunity to come out here, show that you're a good team, and a great team would make sure that they win the next two. Man, they came out a 17-2 victory in game two, just all day had... Um, the Red Raiders number and then we're were able to come back and put it away in game three. But I think that that response from them of scoring two runs, which I think was like their season low since scoring one at Kansas State, the way that they just came back and exploded for 17, I liked that performance, especially when you think of the way that WVU's pitching staff was able to limit these Texas Tech hitters. Texas Tech comes in the top team in the Big 12 Conference in terms of hitting lead in team batting average. And West Virginia's pitchers were able to hold them to what, seven runs on the weekend? Yeah. I I don't think that Gavin Cash, who entered as the nation's leader in home runs, I don't think he got an RBI on the weekend. He was close. But some of those, I mean, Texas Tech did have their homers. You know you're going to have that. We right. saw that at Texas. <laughs> but I I like the way that West Virginia responded. And I like the matchup in, ter- in terms of the way West Virginia's pitchers were were able to hold the Red Raiders in check, but West Virginia hitters were able to make the Red Raider pitchers so uncomfortable. I think that that showed in game 2 and that's why I like this matchup in the first round and 2 a team, I don't know, do you think, I don't know that it gives you any more confidence knowing that it's a team you already beat, but I think you go and you look back and you say, hey, we were coming off a loss. We were able to to bounce back in that game too. We were able to get that big series win. So I think that that kind of helps too. You know these guys, you just played them. But it's also so funny to think that TCU is playing Kansas State, Oklahoma State's playing OU, teams that just ended the regular season right. against each other. So no matter what, you're obviously going to have that familiarity. But it's just strange to think about that it, two of the games, at least two of the matchups, were just played over the weekend. And of course, we know fans are going to go crazy for Bedlam in Arlington.
0: Yep, exactly, exactly right. So I, I agree with you that I think this is a good matchup for West Virginia in the first round for a couple of reasons. One is is some of what you just talked about. Uh, Even though Texas Tech's lineup is fearsome, West Virginia pitching did a great job against them for the most part in that series in Morgantown. Texas Tech's pitching staff, not the best, far from the worst in the Big 12, but certainly not the best in the Big 12. And they do some things that feed into what West Virginia does. I believe Texas Tech is second in the Big 12 and walks allowed this season west virginia has had a program record for walks drawn so far this season i mean that feeds right into what west virginia does and also may be good too because one thing that st- stood out to me about the texas series was it, it seemed like west virginia was taking different at bats different approaches at the plate this might be a good reset game for them to work into deeper counts and draw some of those walks that they have throughout this year the other thing i like about this matchup for wvu is that historically, West Virginia has fared well against Texas Tech at the Big 12 tournament. WVU 5-1 all-time against Texas Tech at the Big 12 tournament. uh, Played them for four straight years there at one point from 2016 through 2019. And WVU has also beaten the Red Raiders in elimination games. Now, at that point, it was in Oklahoma City. Obviously, the tournament has since moved to Arlington. But there is that postseason history between these two teams. And West Virginia, for the most part, has fared very well against Texas Tech as a program and the postseason and here as of late they fared pretty well against some of the regular season as well so I like this matchup and then it turns into an interesting matchup after that no matter what happens here and that first round that second round matchup you could get whether it's an elimination game likely against Oklahoma a team that WV took two of three against or a winner's bracket game against Oklahoma State on a Thursday night, a team that, at the time, WVU was much healthier than Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was not playing as well. And WVU almost swept the Cowboys uh, back in April. So it's an interesting matchup, interesting bottom half of that bracket we could see here unfold in Arlington.
1: And, you know, I I like the – again, I think you at least – while you want to have a little bit of the confidence of, hey, we just beat this team, I also think that can – Hurt the mentality as well. If you just go in there, oh, well, we need a couple wins. We just beat Texas Tech because the Red Raiders, they're playing for the postseason. All of these teams are playing for more baseball after they leave Globe Life Field. So I think, and I really do think West Virginia will have a much different mentality. I'm not saying that it looked ahead when it got to Austin. It was thinking, I I don't know that anybody would have Predicted that Texas was going to come out swinging the bat the way that it did against West Virginia. I mean, from the first pitch of every single series, you could just, or of every single game of the series, you could tell the Longhorns just were going to dictate how the game went. But I also think that's another reason that West Virginia, this first time this season, it lost three in a row. It had only lost two straight games two other times, and that was two to start the year right. as well. So I think that this Mountaineer team is going to be out for some blood when they're in Arlington. I think that the skip will make sure that they've got their mind right because, again, you just saw last weekend what happens if you're not ready and you're not Playing it. And to me, West Virginia just in all aspects, on the base paths, fielding, it just, they did not seem like the same West Virginia team. I don't really know why, but I don't think we will see it again. I think that's one of those that it's unfortunate that it happened at the time that it did, but I also think it was a wake up call at the right time.
0: And especially coming off to last year where West Virginia was, again, in a different situation, but similar scenario where the postseason tournament was important and it was an 0-2 showing in Arlington. I think, again, the skip's going to have them in the right frame of mind to make sure you pick up at least one win in Arlington, unlike they were able to do last year. The other good thing for West Virginia is that uh, Texas Tech, just 7-12 this year in games not played in Lubbock, Texas. It's a team that does not, or has not traveled very well this year. Obviously, these games are all going to be played in Arlington. That could bode very well for West Virginia a team that has played extremely well out you know, outside of this past weekend uh, away from Morgantown. One other thing here on the tournament before we head to a quick break uh, real quick no predictions on the tournament but I, w- I want to get your thoughts on this this tournament feels extremely wide open. Yes. To me this is the most wide open I can honestly ever remember this tournament being because you have essentially 3-1 seeds in WVU, Texas, and Oklahoma State, who have all shown at times this year to be the top team in the Big 12 Conference, and have all shown at times this year they are not the top team. You look below that, TCU did not play very well for most of this year, but man, they've had a great month of May. Kansas State, not a very good pitching team, but outside of Texas Tech, they could be the sneakiest, most dangerous team offensively in this conference. Oklahoma showed last year how good of a second-half team they can be, and uh, who's the other team we're missing here? I guess, I, I, don't, think, I don't think Kansas is going to mess around and win this tournament, but, but again, they, they've played well at times this year. I, I think the top six teams in this tournament, maybe seven if you include Oklahoma, all have, I think, an argument to be made of how they could
1: wind up at least playing on Saturday. So uh, that takes me back to something that Coach Mazie said he told his team at the beginning of the year. The Big 12 Conference is there for the taking. It's unfortunate that it was quite literally right there in its grasp, but I think the fact fact that you have three teams that finished with 15 wins in conference play shows you just how competitive it it is, but it also shows you just how dangerous. Just like you were saying, none of these teams can be counted out. All of these teams are... doesn't even matter what they just did last weekend. If you want to make the case for West Virginia as a full body of work, you can go back and do the same thing for any of these teams leading in. And just think of, you know, who was beating who at at points in the season. I think one team, it might have been Texas Tech, like somebody won two games or swept Texas earlier in the year, something like that. You know, the way that West Virginia was able to beat some of these teams, but then you never knew what was going to happen. Right.
0: And think Kansas came to WVU early in the big 12 conference season took a series that if that's played maybe last weekend that doesn't happen yeah
1: absolutely so i think that it it's one of those things that it bodes well for west virginia because again a conference championship is right there for the taking if this team plays the way that it's played all the way up until last weekend Chalk, t- take that out the window. Mm-hmm. That's not who this team is. Make sure you show everyone that. Because unfortunately, in a season of nothing but program history, if West Virginia ends the regular season on a three-game skid like it did, goes to the Big 12 tournament and doesn't make it pat doesn't make it at least to a semifinal, then I think. People, unfortunately, back to the recency bias I talked about, are going to want to believe that this is not as good as a season as it actually truly is, even as we're sitting here talking.
0: Yep, I agree. I agree for sure. All right, stick with us. We're going to have a word from our sponsors, Pritt and Spano, and then when we come back, we'll wrap up here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast.
1: Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Prit & Spano, unseen circumstance? Prit & Spano, personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Prit & Spano, their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Prit & Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com.
0: Back here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast, Ryan Decker, Angelica Trunone as we get ready to head to Arlington, Texas for the Big 12 Championship Tournament, which gets underway on Wednesday, WVU versus Texas Tech on Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Uh, we've made it really this far into a podcast, a baseball podcast, without saying J.J. Weatherholt's name, Shopping. I think, at all. I don't know how we've done that. Uh, sacrilegious, I think, <laughs> this year at this point. But let's talk about J.J. Weatherholt a little bit. It was announced on Monday. He's a semi-finalist for the Golden Spikes Award. Not really surprising news, but it is newsworthy nonetheless. And also uh, this past week was named a semifinalist for the Dick Hauser Trophy, as uh, and he's the top-ranked second baseman in the country. We've been doing it all year, but I mean, J.J. Weatherholt, let's just talk about the season that he has had this year for West Virginia.
1: I think what makes it even more impressive, Ryan, is the way that, again, up until last weekend, he's been able to do it so consistently. You hadn't seen, I mean, even the kid dislocates his thumb at Oklahoma State, he comes back a week later, they put him in, it takes him two pitches, he rips a double, an RBI double. Then you bring him in against Penn State, he again had been off for, I think he had ended up missing like five games Mm -hmm. or something up until that point, it was a TCU game, then at Penn State just so casually hits a grand slam. I mean, just not even an injury, held him back from what he was able to do and he did it stealing a base and has not let up on the base path since that has not scared him in any way and i encourage you all to tune in this weekend to the wvu coaches show we will also archive the episodes over at goldenbluenation.com jj weatherholt is our special guest this week a great conversation he and i had and the funny thing i learned from jj one the kid he, he does not care about any of this individual stuff. You wanna find someone who is a true Mountaineer, a true team player in that sense, it's J.J. Weatherholt because he knows, I, I wanna say this was after the tech, one of the Texas Tech games, he had just found out he got invited to be on for the USA baseball training camp. Somebody had asked him, "JJ, what would it mean to be on that roster? What would it mean to be named a finalist in any of these?" And he said, "It means something to me because hopefully then that means the program will be put on notice and people and that will that will become not so much as an outlier, but it will become a standard for this West Virginia team. A kid who just wants to set An example, and I keep calling him a kid because he's quite literally a kid. He's what, 19? He's 20 years old. He's a sophomore. He's a sophomore, yeah. He's a kid. And the conversation that he and I had was absolutely great. We talked about his approach, what goes through his mind whenever it comes to stealing bases. Shocker, as soon as he gets on first, he wants to steal second. I think we've seen that in action. But the funniest thing about my conversation with JJ, and this did not make it in the interview because we were just chatting off camera we talked about his, um, just the way that he's just been chomping on the gum this season, okay? (laughs) I was like, JJ, I don't ever remember you. I mean, he's Mike Carey with the gum. For those who know, former women's basketball head coach Mike Carey, I mean, there were like six stacks of gum that they brought for him every game, and the man was chomping on him. So I said, JJ, you are like Mike Carey out here blowing the bubbles. And he said, you know, I Last summer, he was in summer ball in Wisconsin, and he was like, I got kind of bored out there. I mean, because of course, when you're that good, right, it's just like boring. Right. So he said, I got kind of bored out there, and I just decided everybody here is chewing gum. I'm going to do that. And now, He's batting and he just, like without even being aware, blows a bubble. The Marshall game, he is swiping third base on a play that was extremely close. He's midair. He blows a bubble because he's J.J. Weatherholt. Everything that he does is so effortless. It's so fun to watch. And I hope, just like J.J. said, that he is someone who can really help be the hitting version of Alec Manoa, somebody that can help put this West Virginia team in the national conversation year after year, but also show young players, future mountaineers, that if you come here and you put in the work, you, too, could be up for college baseball's Heisman Trophy.
0: Well, and his answer that he gave you about you know the, the team coming first and he wants to put this team on the map from a team standpoint, th- those are the same answers he's been giving us all season in these post-game interviews, which, I mean, you can go back and watch basically all of them on our website if you want to fact-check us on this. But, I mean, he's been giving us, in different phrases, the same answer all year long that his individual success means less to him than the team success does because that's the type of person, that he is he wants this team to thrive he wants the team to go places where he, he knows if if he's playing well the team will go but he wants the entire team to be on that ride as well and it's been one thing that's been fun to watch where he's been worried about the team but then if you ask his teammates None of these guys have been jealous or anything of the spotlight that J.J. has gotten. You can tell everyone's rallying around J.J. in the season that he's having a 4.47 average. He's leading the Big 12, and it feels like almost everything. He's leading the country in, in hits per at-bat, and he's fifth in the country in hits. I mean, the, the season that he has had, certainly one that they will be talking about in Morgantown, and at least in baseball circles, for for a long time to come. And it's been, it's been really fun for us, I know, to cover. It's been fun for the team to be a part of it, and the fans who have also showed up in record numbers to to be there for this year as well.
1: I know earlier this year, Maisie was talking about the fact that West Virginia, I mean, truly when you think about it, and JJ included, is such a young team that's been able to have so much success nationally and he said it was because of the leadership of tevin tucker we know grandpa Tebby; he been around quite a few quite a few years in this program and then jj he said the leadership from both of them is really what makes this team go because they are two guys who they don't need to say it to you they are going to show it to you and jj's leadership shows every single game things don't go their way he comes in the dugout and all it takes is you know a couple claps guys Let's go. Yeah. He goes out there. He hits an RBI and he's like, see, wasn't that easy? How about we all just go out here and do it, right? He's making plays at second base, the -the over-the-shoulder catch that he had at Pitt. I mean, Caleb McNeely, what'd he say? He was running upside down, backwards, (laughs) and I just (laughs) knew, get the heck out of his way, right? JJ, and I think, too, it's not, for as flashy as he can be, he's not a show-off player. I joke about him blowing the bubbles, right? That's just funny. But... He's not one of those to where, yeah, he's going to get excited and fire, fired up, but I mean, I don't think he's going to, you know, bat flip in your face, beat on his chest. What? Do you know what I mean? He's someone who it's just very much like, okay, yeah, I did that. Now I expect you to go out there and do it because I showed you that's right. possible and do you he, know what I mean and he
0: has had those type of moments for sure that that hit against TCU mentioned the grand slam against Penn State he's had those moments this year where he could have bat flipped thrown the bat halfway across the field and just made it about him and it, it's a simple bat drop and go around the bases and act like you've done it before because he has done this stuff before
1: and with JJ too He is someone when you talk about a total team player, the way that he not only talks about the team success, but you could go out there and ask him after every game. What did you think about Carlson Reed? What did you think about the way Ben Hampton played? What about Landon Wallace? And he knows things about this, about the players, not only in just the sense of, oh, they're my teammates, but because he's watched them, he's tracked their progress, and he himself sees how Just what everybody else is doing is making him who he is. And along those, I mean, I just don't think that you'll find a better teammate than JJ, but also so many of those guys on this year's team. Not that I think that that was missing in years past, but I have just never seen, just from watching them, a team that is so selfless when they have so many good things mm-hmm. going on. You know what I mean? They're, they've they got the attendance records. They've got people saying, oh, WVU's a baseball school. They've got all of this. And not once has any of them ever been like, oh, we're tough men on campus. Every week, they're like, where's the pretzel neck? Let's break it out. We got to continue to do it. And I think that that is also... Another reason that West Virginia has gotten this far, and I think that's going to play a huge part in the conference tournament, the camaraderie of this team, the chemistry, and I know all it's going to take is JJ and Tevin to look at this team and say, hey, you want to play at the Mon? Then we got to go. And that's all. So I think for as great as a player JJ is, he's the true example of when you're a great player, you make everyone around you better, and I think that's exactly what we've seen this year with this team. And I think someone,
0: it might be J.J., it might be somebody else under J.J.'s leadership. This team feels like it needs one hit to break out of the little bit of a mini slump it was in this past weekend against Texas and and really show the type of offense and the type of team it's been all year. Speaking of J.J. Weatherholt, we've mentioned Rainy Mazie a number of times. They are certainly up for, I think we can say, Big 12 player and Big 12 coach of the year and certainly any all-conference honors. Those will be announced on Tuesday, the day that this podcast drops. So make sure to stick with Golden Blue Nation for all those updates and any updates from the Big 12 tournament. But that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. By the time this episode drops, Angelica and I will be on our way to Arlington to provide coverage of WVU's Big 12 tournament run. So with that being said, you can stay up to date on the nationally ranked and historic Mountaineers at GoldenBlueNation.com and on the always free Golden Blue Nation app available for download for Apple and Android devices. Listeners can also find past episodes of the GBN podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon Music, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts. For Angelica Trinone, I'm Ryan Decker. This has been the Gold Inflation podcast brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your wvlawfirm.com.